And just, I want to tell just a little story just to begin with, if that's okay, Sandro. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, <laughs> I did actually ask her in the car, and, and Ruth said, well, it wouldn't matter what she says, because you'll do it anyway. So I'll tell the story. Um, you know, because when, when things are going bad, other things, bad things happen, don't they? It feels like that. And so Sandra was at the supermarket, I think uh, it was on Saturday, wasn't it? Uh, so you're at the supermarket, you know, bad things happen, you have to go to the supermarket. Uh, so uh, uh, off at the supermarket, comes back to the car um, and uh, puts her shopping in the car, uh, drops into the car, and literally a thief had been in and stolen the steering wheel. <clears throat> she then recognised the whole of the dashboard had gone as well. Uh, and she was sat in the back seat. So... <clears throat> True story. <laughs> uh, that happened this Saturday. Change your seat and everything's back to normal. <laughs> when you're going through tough things like COVID, and I remind myself this week after week, day after day, it feels like, just change your perspective, Stuart. Just change your perspective. These are first world problems. And yes, it is. And for some, it is life and death. And it is tragedy. Um, but st stuff happens in the world. Our God is still exactly the same. The steering wheel is still in place. And sometimes I just need to get myself off the back seat and being the victim to all this and actually be in the front seat and actually be with my co-driver, with my co-heir, uh, and actually say, Lord, what is it that you're wanting to be? And we heard it tonight, he's hugging me. He's, he is so much with me. And just a couple of words before we really get, we get going uh, uh, this evening. Uh, and these are just for some, some people here who just really felt this from, uh, from God. <clears throat> and this is from Jeremiah chapter 17. But blessed, and this is Jeremiah, as you know, is the time when sort of Israel's having some rough stuff. So this is in the midst of some rough stuff that's going on. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him, they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries, no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear its fruit. And if that's just you this evening, then just you close your eyes where you are right now and that, Lord, I release a deepening of roots in Jesus' name, to find your waters of life, of life, of life, of life. And that fear that would come upon us, then Lord, I rebuke that fear in Jesus' name. And that Lord, I just prophesy green leaves of life. And I prophesy and speak fruit, no matter what the circumstances, the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of your word and the fruit of your gospel in our lives, no matter to what the drought in Jesus' name. And if that just really struck something in you, you just say amen as quietly or as loudly as you like. And the other one, which is, I really just felt it for people who are really pressing into God at the moment. Uh, and this is from Psalm 25. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths and guide me in your truth and teach me 
for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, and they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth. And this was just the picture I had, is that someone who's really pressing into the things of God, and these sins are sort of like yapping away, saying, you know, what right do you have, and all the rest of it. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me. For you, Lord, are good. And, this, and just the word that I had for you is you pressing in for God and these things are saying, but remember this and remember that and you're not that and you're not this and all the rest of it. God doesn't remember those things. He remembers you according to his love. Amen? He remembers you according to his love and then he gives you a great big fiery hug and he says, you are mine. You are mine. You're not belonging to fear. You, you do not belong, you're not held by anything else. You are not held by the sins of your past. You are held by the fiery embrace of God. And he remembers you according to his love. And so, Father, I just rebuke every lie of the enemy that would sit in there and say that you're not good enough. And I release the fiery embrace of the love of God over every single one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen? You are loved. You are loved. You are loved by God. And he doesn't sit there and judge your every little trip up and all the rest of it. Yes, he wants us to repent and learn and grow and all these sorts of things. But for those of us who are pressing into him, he knows our hearts. He knows what we want. And he's pulling us and he's saying, I remember you by my love. Amen? He remembers so, you know, when we're pressing into, into God, he doesn't sit there and judge us. He pulls us in and he says, I see Jesus. Amen? We sometimes judge ourselves very harshly and we're saying we're not good enough. Now, who knows we're in, uh, so that was uh, uh, just a little by the side. So I'm going to be very brief and then we're sort of going to kick on from here. Who knows, and you would really ha- would have to be a bit dim if you haven't got this already, uh, 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 God is saying he's accelerating his grace towards us. He's deepening that sense of grace around us and that favor around us. You know, we're married to grace is what what Andrew was preaching to us. There's the fiery embrace, the faders are are going up. Isn't that right? You you know, when things get tough and I don't know what to do, church is being shut down and this sort of stuff and yes, it is and no, it isn't and all that, but you know what I mean? There's a frustration There's a thing that's holding us back and God is saying, I'm just ramping up the temperature inside. I'm ramping up the grace inside. I'm ramping up the favor inside. And, and, you know, one of the things that Andrew said the the other week, um, it was just said, you know, who knows what it's like when you stand there in the favor of God and you're in a situation and something changes tremendously because of the movement of God and I did nothing. God moved because I was there. And that's, that's what this means, is that things are going to happen because I stood there. It wasn't because I came up with the, most, the, the wisdom or the this or the that. I was there and God was there and God moved and things changed. Totally undeserving of whatever I did, God moved. Amen? That's what's ramping up. That's what's ramping up all around us at the moment. I should actually just flip to something. So, uh, 
yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, we'll kick on quite quickly. So Matthew 18, uh, and this is Jesus speaking, talking about uh, the first part, if your brother sins, then what happens, two or three, come and bear testimony and all that. So Matthew 18, verse 15. Verse 18, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So the first part is talk, Jesus is really speaking to what's going to be going on uh, in the church. But then he ramps it up. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. That's an enormous promise that we sometimes struggle to get hold of. Job 22, decide and decree a thing and it will be done for you. Again, speaking in the context of favor. Um, Psalm 90, uh, from what Andrew was saying, favor of God to rest upon you, to rest upon us and establish the work of our hands for us. Grace and favor establishes the work of our hands for us. So you do something and do it only half the way there. He, his grace and his favor finishes the thing. Um, and this is really what I want to jump, jump into. Uh, Matthew 16. Uh, no, we'll start with something else first. Uh, uh, John 3.16. Uh, what's that say, Darren? I could hear it through the mask. For God so loved the world... That he, he then did a bunch of things. Motive is really important in the kingdom of heaven. Motive is really important. That we love a thing. Uh, with, in my marriage, I can do some silly things. Is that right, Sandra? Uh, and I can do some wise things. It doesn't really matter in the end where it's a this or a that. If it comes from a place of love, it's so well received. Whatever we do in the world, if it comes from a place of love, we really can find it hard to get off the tracks that God has set for our lives. It's not about prophecy, it's about love. It's, about, it's not about, it is about preaching the gospel, but it's about coming from a place of love. For God so loved the world, the world, and that world, you know, and, and uh, uh, God, God's interested in the whole of the world. We just do the short version. He's not just interested in the church. He's interested in, in absolutely everybody who's left out. He's bothered about the education systems. He's bothered about our health care systems. He's bothered about social media. He's bothered about the banking systems. He's bothered about business. He's bothered about what happens in our care homes. He's bothered because he loves the whole world and everything in it and all its social systems. And he's put salt and light in the whole world in the church and says, church, go and be salt and light in the whole world. And for some of us, we feel like church is shut down. The world hasn't. The world's still going, care homes are still going, education's still going, this is, banking's still going, business is still going, all the things, these are, these are happening. The world hasn't stopped, we just feel like something's been put on pause, and there's a truth to that. But there's also, what is your world? What is your world? Because that is your parish. That's the place you've been called to. Your family is, if it's not all saved, 
Some of it's in the church, some of it isn't. You are called to that part of the world to love it. Your workplace, you're called to love it. The care home that you go to, you're called to love it. Uh, your, the hospital that you work in, you're called to love it. The boss that you work for, you're called to love them. The school that you work in, you're called to love it and to, sorry, love the children, all the blessed little one of them. And we're called to love the world in which we're placed. We're not called to survive the world and then run to church for our little fix, and that's for our Christian life. We're called to be salt and light to the world and see the world changed and touched by the passion and the love and the favor of God. What it takes is me to get out of the back seat and get back in the front seat, stop feeling sorry for myself, stand in my place of work, even if it is through a two-dimensional screen, and sit there and say, I'm going to agree with one or two others, and whatever I decree and whatever I declare over my workplace, then by the grace and the favor of God, he will intercede and he will see it done in Jesus' name. Amen? And it starts from a place of love, not from a place of judgment. Now, I actually get, do get on with my boss. Uh, he's, an, he's an American uh, uh, and all that sort of stuff. But let's imagine I don't. If I'm sat there with a heart of resentment to a colleague or whatever, that, that's not the kingdom of heaven. I need to deal with that and repent of that and actually release the kingdom of heaven into every worldly situation that I'm involved in. Amen? And with that, then we're just going to jump into uh, uh, Matthew 16. Uh, Jesus came uh, and said, uh, and he said, who am I? Who do, who do the people say the son of man is? From verse 13. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, interestingly, uh, Jesus said, my church, I'll build it. Uh, he also said, kingdom of heaven, bigger than the church. That's the sort of the overarching thing. He said, I give you the keys, which is a really interesting way around. He says, I give you the world, because he says, go into all the earth and all the world to preach. It's to the very ends of the earth. He then also says, I give you the keys to release and bind anything you like on planet Earth. Anything you like on planet Earth. And that whole little bit about the gates of hell, gates, of, gates are fixed items. In Jesus' day, gates were always fixed items. They hadn't invented moving ones by then, nor today. Gates are fixed items. So the only way that the Christians or the church would interact with the gates is when we come up against the gates. So it's the church invading hell. 
It's the church invading the world. And it says that the, the gates of hell will not prevail, hinder or damage or something like in the Amplified. It's not even that they'll, you know, it'll be a, a bloody battle and there'll be a, you know, limping off with one arm missing or something like that at the end of the day. There will be no hindrance to the will of the kingdom of heaven when you come up against the gates of hell. So when you are in whatever worldly situation you are in, you're in it for a reason, which is to sit in the front seat with Jesus as a co-heir of Christ and to decree and declare the blessing and the favor of God over every circumstance and situation that you find yourself in. That's my job as a Christian. And this, this whole Christian walk, we can't do it on our own. Because I can walk into the most difficult argumentative situation in a workplace and I can't sort it out because uh, David and Marion are having, a, in, in my workplace, imaginary workplace, they're having the most unholy row and they're fighting and they're ne neglecting one another and all the rest of it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and all this sort of stuff Jared was telling me earlier. Uh, don't worry. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, when it's all going on, if I intervene in my own strength... I'll get ripped apart. I think I'll get ripped apart anyway. Um, I'll get ripped apart. But if I come in with a love motive, not a right-wrong judgment motive, not a look-at-me motive, but a look-at-the-kindness-of-heaven motive, and I bind, and I can, I can join with an Andrew, because it's where two or three is, is the key here, if I can join with an Andrew and, and just decree and declare and pray and establish peace in Jesus' name into that situation, the word of God is absolutely explicit. Whatever you bind will be bound and whatever you release will be released. And the context of that isn't what will be bound and released in a church building on a, on a Sunday night the context is in the place of the gates of hell. That's where this word is meant to take place. This word and this power and this grace and favor is meant to take place in the middle of the worst of the world. Where this tragedy, where this heartache, where this grief, where this pain, where this argument, where this division, where this poverty, where this sickness, where this death, Jesus is saying, will you love the world? Will you love the unlovable? And will you stand in that place and unlock the gift of heaven, the release of heaven? Will you unlock the doors and say, be blessed in Jesus' name? And will you be bold enough and not be British, so British as to grab hold of someone else and say, let's do this together, two or three in joining together and just making the simplest of declarations. Whatever you decree and declare, it will be established. This is the words of Jesus in red. He's quite keen on this. He's quite keen on this. And what do I think faders are being ramped up in the strategy of heaven? Um, God, didn't do, God didn't make covid um, uh, stuff happens uh, we, we live in a fallen world and all that but God will use anything and he's using it I believe to say my salt, my light my loved ones go into the world that you are already in and be salt and light 
and be a declaration and be a blessing to wherever, wherever you find yourself. Who's in the world? All of us are. We're all sat in, in, in relationships and things that are not going right and all this sort of stuff and all the rest of it. Every single one of us can be an absolute channel for the blessing and the peace of God. And this isn't about getting people saved. It might be. But actually God says first, will you love the world? When Jesus healed the ten lepers, one came back. He didn't regret healing the other nine. He knew what was going to happen anyway, but he healed them anyway. Jesus is about, God is about blessing the world that he made and everything that's in it. Even if it's perverted and difficult, he wants it blessed and coming under the blessing of the love of heaven. Amen? And in then that place of blessing, people get saved because it's the goodness and the kindness of God that brings people to repentance. Let's be a people that speak the goodness and the kindness of heaven. Amen? Does, does, do you get it? Do you get it?